you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by DraftKings. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, still masking and socially distancing when and where necessary. And it's officially week six now. Normally, we can say that on Tuesday. We had to wait one more day because we actually had a Tuesday night football game. So we'll jump into that, recap some of the highs and lows from that one. Also, look at some of the starts and sits for week six. Adam Rank will join us to help out with that, as he always does. And then, of course, we'll finish off with some wiretaps, some guys that you may be trying to pick up off the waiver wire, and whether or not you should start them this week. Also have some big news that hit on Tuesday evening that should impact plenty of fantasy folks uh, around the country, around the world, because we know fantasy football is a global game. But before we dive into any of that, we'll talk to our faithful producer, Senior Edward L. Murphy, Esquire. Uh, Murph, how are you feeling on this Wednesday? Uh, I'm all right. I think I've finally accepted the fact that I'm just going to watch NFL football this season uh, as a fan of the league, not as a fan of the New York football giants. Um, I think after last Sunday, after the, this, the second loss, uh, I guess third loss now, actually, to a backup quarterback, um, I no longer have any faith. I thought there was a chance they win one game. They could, you know, potentially uh, scratch and claw their way to like a seven win uh, division winner, but there's just no way. So I'm going to enjoy uh, the the great player in the league. I'm going to try to be the best possible fantasy manager there is, and just uh, no more sadness for me uh, this season. I understand because I, I think uh, with what what I saw from the 49ers last week, and knowing that the Rams are on the schedule this week, I, there's a chance I could be joining you in in, in that quest. Hey, plenty of room, plenty of room on this uh, on this train right here. So you can join me, and we'll, we'll we'll be happy together just enjoying the the great player around the league. That's all we need. That's all we need. That's all. That is what red zone is for. So we can all sit back yes. and, uh, and enjoy red zone every single week. And now it's time to turn to our pal Adam Rank, who joins us as always on a Wednesday. And I'm glad to see that glasses Rank is back. I know you gave the specs a week off, so it's nice to see that they're they're back again for this Wednesday. Yeah, I was worried. You know, this is an homage to my favorite fantasy player this entire season, Rodrigo Blankenship. <laughs> after, after Sebastian Janikowski retired, I thought I could never love a kicker again. But Rodrigo, dude, you're awesome. Like, he wasn't getting picked up anywhere, and he has been solid every week. I think it was 13 points. This past week. So I like, listen, when I do starts and sits and I, the kickers are like the worst, like no disrespect <laughs> to them, but I put Rodrigo on there every week. Like he's my number one guy and I have another story, but I know they're trying to keep me limited to 30 minutes. It's like when you're at the, <laughs> the improv, they got the Bartlett's back there and Eddie Murphy's with the flashlight, like clicking it all the time. So <laughs> I won't go into that story, but uh, yeah, happy to be here and happy to be bespectacled once again. 
Yeah, good. Glad to have you as always. Uh, let's let's get into some fantasy headlines. Why don't we to start off this show? And the big one, which hit on Tuesday evening, and actually hit during the middle of the Tuesday night football game. The Jets have released Le'Veon Bell. This came on the heels of stories that they were trying to trade Lev Bell, but for now, they've just decided to have a conscious uncoupling, in the words of uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, so. Is there a fantasy-friendly landing spot that you'd like to see Le'Veon Bell go to now? There's not. I, I, he, he would just ruin any situation that he goes to. I sincerely believe that. I know a lot of people were talking about, hey, go to Kansas City. And I'm like, no, I've got Clyde Edwards-Alaire all over the place. Bears fans, we should bring in Le'Veon Bell. No, David Montgomery <laughs> is is good enough. And the thing with David Montgomery, too, I'll talk about him later on in the show. So I won't get too much into it, but he's a good receiver. And I think we're starting to see that as well, which is the one selling point for Bell. So Marcus, I don't know. Is there a place that you would like to see him go? Because for me, I'm like, we're okay without you. Like, no disrespect. You are you were great in Pittsburgh. But now the, 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 the door's closed. We're, we've moved on. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think about it. And I mean, the only place I could maybe come up with would be New England. Um, but... You know, even then, they, they've got some guys there. You know, they're still trying to sort out things between, you know, Damian Harris and they've got James White and Rick Burkhead. Um, right. So I, I can't really find a really good landing. You know, where he, where he would work really well, who could use a running back, would be the New York Jets. Um, ah. but, <laughs> but obviously, I don't think that one's going to work out for him. So I'm not really sure. I do want to see him sign somewhere because I want to continue to test our ongoing theory of players leaving Adam Gase and, and excelling. Oh, that's true. Because that, that seems to be working out pretty well. So that's why I'd like to see him land somewhere. But I, th- I think you're right. I don't know that there's a place that he could go that it wouldn't just mess up somebody else's situation. Maybe San Diego or Los <laughs> Angeles, excuse me. Sorry. Sorry, Charger fan. Um, uh, that might be right, though, because, uh, you know, I, I think the Joshua Kelly uh, thing is just not working out right now. Um, but even when Austin Eckler comes back, that's still going to screw that up because he's not going to be gone for the year. So even that is is not really a great fit, I don't think. No, not at all. Like, uh, legitimately, like, I went through this at great length, just really trying to think about it. Even Miami, you're like, well, I, you know, I kind of like Miles Gaskin. Like, I, I I think that that situation's working. I. I, I have my hesitation on if Miles Gaskin will be there in week 16, still putting up production. I know mm-hmm. he doesn't have 100 scrimmage yards this season, but I really do believe, like, he's he's fun. Like, there's some – watch some tape. I went back. I was able to watch the uh, 49ers game last night, and there are some plays where you're like, this guy can kind of move. So, honestly, it, it seems weird because not only – like, a couple of years ago, Le'Veon Bell was – one of the best players in the NFL. And now it's like, yeah, we don't want you to go anywhere. Like, it's just weird. <laughs> okay, I'll throw out one last option. Detroit. Uh, I mean, I know they're running with, with Adrian Peterson there right now, but I just wonder how long that's going to work. They don't seem to like DeAndre Swift. I can't really figure that part out. I don't really understand why. So maybe the Lions, he, he slots in there and, and catches some passes out of the backfield and, and, and gets the running game going. That's That's all I got. That's the best I got for you. That seems perfect. All right, let's do that. All right. Uh, more Jets news. Adam Gaze had said that he had, quote, toyed with the idea of giving up play calling, and then apparently it passed like a case of indigestion. He says he's going to stay as the play caller for the Jets for the foreseeable future. But, I mean, how much impact would it have? Like, how much better would we feel about the Jets if maybe somebody else tried their hand at play calling for this team? 
Have you seen Dowell Loggins as an offensive <laughs> coordinator? Like, I'm not into that at all. Like, no, like this is this is ridiculous. I I have extensive experience, extensive one season with with Adam Gase and Dowell and all those guys, and I don't want it at all. Like, there there kind of, there needs to come a point where you realize that this is not working, and you just have to move on. Like, I I know I've even said it on this show. What did they see? Like you saw Adam Gase twice a year. <laughs> Why are you hiring this person in the first place? I think that, you know, I don't know. And I and and, and so I know that the, the common refrain will be like, eh, I can't wait till Eric Bieniemy gets here. You're like, Why would you do that to Eric Bieniemy? What's he done to you? Like, I just don't think that this is a great situation at all. So I don't think the play calling, I don't think it would matter who it is. I think there's a lot of issues that are going on with that team. I don't have the exact remedy right now, but Switching out the play calling with Adam Gase is not going to do – it's not going to do anything to change the situation. It's sort of wild that we've had two coaches fired so far in the NFL and Adam Gase <laughs> is still the guy with the job. He's chucking along. He's still hanging around. Uh, by the way, more Jets news that was uh, reported this morning. Sam Darnold is out again this week, so Joe Flacco is going to get another start for the Jets. Do with that what you will. Uh, the Dolphins, I think, are on the schedule, so I don't know if – I don't know if that makes you feel any better about starting the Dolphins defense. I don't know. You uh, you can make your own decision on that one. Uh, For sure. Uh, the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, Frank Reich, has said that Phillip Rivers is still our guy. They're not thinking about making a switch at quarterback to Jacoby Brissett. I mean, we saw Brissett last year. He was fine. There was nothing really uh, exciting about what he did as the quarterback. But Phillip Rivers has been pretty awful so far this season. Is there a best-case scenario fantasy-wise in this passing game? Well, he was <laughs> – Brissett was actually pretty good before he hurt his knee. Like, remember when they were kind of talking him up as an MVP, like a low-key MVP candidate? <laughs> the problem was his knee. Like, he got hurt and was playing through it. So I don't know that it's really that big of a – I don't think it would be that wild. Although it is one of those things, like, once you move away from Phillip Rivers, it's done. You have to release him. You can't go back to him. And I think this goes back to the conversation we just had a moment ago, and I didn't want to jump in. I, I wanted you to lead to this question. I think this is a, a nice – no, 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 no. Because, I first of all, Sam – I love Sam Darnold. And him not playing for the Jets, like, good. Like, yeah, dude. Like, I, if I was him, I'd be like, I would nurse that injury for as long as you could. I look at the quarterback landscape for next season. I know there's a couple of teams vying for Trevor Lawrence – but there's also a couple of teams that you don't know if they will move on from their quarterback. Like, let's say if Jacksonville gets the top pick, is it – do you want to move on from Gardner Minshew? I think you have your franchise quarterback. The Jets obviously would probably move on from Sam Darnold. The Giants would probably move on from Daniel Jones. But the thing with Sam Darnold that's so interesting is that next season, if he became available and you put Sam Darnold with Frank Reich behind this offensive line – I think that that could be a dynamite situation. And I, I I, I wouldn't mind seeing Sam Darnold with the Bears, but I think like with the Triton's best interest in heart, and he's a San Clemente <laughs> Triton, I really kind of I'm, – I'm now fantasy booking him already as the 2021 Colts quarterback, and he wins comeback player of the year, and I'm just so ready for it. I'm okay with that. I think that's actually a pretty good idea. I mean, we talk about quarterback movement around the league and teams that are that are going to be in need. Uh, that might not be a bad situation. Uh, in the short term, 
I don't really know what the Colts do. I think I think you're right. They're sort of all in with Philip Rivers, right? They made a big show of bringing him in uh, and seeing yeah. if they could if they could get at least one last good year out of him. I no, what I have seen of him suggests that he is uh, closer to done than it is to resurrected. <laughs> But, you know, hey, they've made this move and they sort of have to live with it. And I think at this point, now that we have played five weeks of the season, I am just sort of off any part of the Indianapolis passing game because, you know, T.Y. Oh, Hilton, yeah. uh, Zach Pascal. I mean, Michael Pittman is hurt. Uh, the tight end situation. There's just there, there's nothing exciting there, Rank. I can't I just can't get behind it at all. Yeah, they really need to treat them. Um like the last year of Peyton Manning in Indiana or in uh, Denver, rather, and just ride it out that way. Because what are the Colts? Three and two. They're still in the mix of it. I know that the Tennessee Titans are undefeated, but just run, run the football. You've got a number of quality backs that you can go with. And if you can limit Phillip Rivers, I would treat him the way that that Mike Zimmer was trying to treat Kirk Cousins in the first couple of weeks. Like we want him to throw it at like a last last possible instance like that's the last option <laughs> you know what i'm saying like when you're trying to find some place to eat and you see that qsr restaurant that you don't really like and you know it's fine but you're like is there anything else open <laughs> okay fine we'll go there i guess but that's the way that you need to treat philip rivers at this point this is really forcing josh allen to carry a heavy load on my two qb scott fishbowl team <laughs> because uh, me picking oh, philip no. rivers was not not a good decision. <laughs> New. No, nah, not at all. Uh, all right. Today's show, as always, is sponsored by DraftKings, a leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week, so download the DraftKings app now. Use code TEAM during sign-up and start feeling the sweat like never before. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So we had some Tuesday night football. That doesn't happen very often, and it was, uh, well, it was not competitive at the end the titans actually went on and blew out the bills 42 to 16 tennessee coming back after an extended layoff uh, because of covid 19 positive tests but uh, they came out played very well and ended up getting a big win there uh the the top performers in the game pretty much all on the titans side ryan Tannehill got you 30 points uh three three passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown aj brown 82 receiving yards and a touchdown Janu smith a pair of touchdowns Although, you know, Rank, there was that one at the end, the Ryan Tannehill to John U. Smith at the very end, that probably shouldn't have counted. It looked uh, for everything like Ryan Tannehill was beyond the line of scrimmage. And I would imagine there are probably a lot of people who ended up losing fantasy this week because of a touchdown that shouldn't have counted. Uh, I have no recourse for those people other than to say I'm sorry. Um, but I think, uh, I think they're going to be kind of salty about it. Uh as for what we can control and, and what we did see on the field, uh, should we start targeting uh, the Bills' defense with wide receivers? I mean, they've given up four top 12 wide receivers so far this season. That looks like a, a pretty weak spot right now for them. Yeah, you know what? Just pay attention to some of the moves that teams make. Like, if you're bringing in Josh Norman, your your situation's probably not going very well. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's they're telling – like, they, they will tell you. You know what is happening. Although, don't be, don't don't worry about it too much in the draft because you know we. I was personally scared of Aaron Jones because they drafted AJ Dillon. But I think that anytime they bring in a free agent cornerback, they're signaling to the league, yeah, we're we're in trouble here. And I think that you really should now look at this Bills team and and not to take away from uh, from Ryan Tannehill, who's played very well ever since he usurped Marcus Mariota at the uh, quarterback position, but. 
Yeah, this is this is this is troubling, and I think that you can look back over the last number of games. This is going to be something that is going to be an Achilles heel for the Bills. But you know, the Bills and Titans; these teams are kind of like mid card. Like they're the mid card. If there is an intercontinental title for the AFC, like that's what you guys like. Let's let the Chiefs and the Ravens and the Steelers go for the World Championship. You guys. You guys fight for the intercontinental title, but I definitely would start looking at those wide receivers. Uh, speaking of wide receivers and passing games, Josh Allen was eh, he was kind of meh uh, on Tuesday night. You see the numbers there, 263 passing yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, is this something to be worried about, or is this just you just signed it, had kind of an off night on Tuesday? You know what? I really do believe that – as excited as we were for a Josh Allen Island game for everybody to get an opportunity to see him, we're kind of overlooking what a unique situation this was. Like the Titans were off for two weeks, you know, to get situated. They didn't have to worry about game planning for other teams or playing other games. The Bills were kind of in an unfortunate situation. And I, as much as they were celebrating the Titans, it's like it was really kind of unfair to the Steelers and the Bills and the, all the teams that were mixed up into this. So I'm not going to get too worked up about Josh Allen not playing well. I, I think that over the last number of weeks, we've seen enough of Josh Allen to say we can trust him. Like this would be like looking at Lamar Jackson and his struggles against the Chiefs and being like, this guy's washed. We'll never see him again. Sometimes quarterbacks have bad games, and that's okay. Now, if he starts to put together a stretch of these, we will come back and readjust. But I'm just going to say that this was a, a unique situation, one that doesn't present itself often in the NFL, and uh, just move forward and continue to keep Josh Allen in your lineup. Well, he does have the Chiefs next week, so that might be something to sort of pay attention to. But uh, hopefully it's it's – closer to a normal week of practice and preparation for the Bills. So uh, you're right. If you've got Josh Allen, I think you're still starting him, but it was not a great night. Just chalk it up as that, and we move it, on, move it along. Uh, Derrick Henry had maybe the play of the night when he <laughs> stiff-armed Josh Norman into oblivion. Uh, it has been memed endlessly uh, throughout the interweb since it happened. But he only played 53% of the snaps. I mean, it ended up working out. He got in the end zone. He had a pretty decent day when it was all said and done. Two touchdowns, in fact, for, for Derrick Henry in the game. Uh, but the 53% of the snaps, is that something to worry about? Or is this just because they had a weird week leading up to this game? Definitely think it was just the situation. And I'm not, I'm not really concerned about it at all, again, until this becomes – a trend, and we see this over a number of weeks, but I really do believe with so much time off, they weren't really allowed to practice too much in preparation of this game. You kind of have to take this as a preseason type of atmosphere, and you didn't want to really risk any sort of soft tissue injury or anything like that. So I think it was smart to limit Derrick Henry, and I do believe that if this game had been more competitive, we probably would have seen more Derrick Henry, and so I just... You know, I tried to, I had to sit there in my league of record and keep him on the bench because, again, the, the, the status of this Tuesday game was in doubt. And, my, and, of course, the league managers in my league, they look at me and they always feel like I'm cheating, like no matter whatever comes out of my mouth. Be like, hey, can we designate a, okay, sure, rank. Well, of course. I'm like, you know what? I should have known better than to even bring this up. But, you know what? I'm not, again, like I just thought it was an interesting situation that – not unprecedented, but certainly one that doesn't come around a lot. And until I see Derrick Henry taking 50% of the snaps for a couple of weeks, 
I'm not going to even think about it. Yeah, I just feel like there was so much for, about this game that was just abnormal that it was hard to kind of come up with any real lessons to be learned from this one other than you just take it away that, hey, you know, Ryan Tannehill had a really good night. Uh, his receivers had a really good night. Josh Allen had kind of a meh night. Uh, and then and that's sort of it. So, uh, you know, who knows? This maybe this is the, this may or may not be the last time we have a Tuesday night game <laughs> uh, in this season. There's there's really no way to tell for sure. But we had one for one night and enjoy it for, for whatever it is. All right. It was it was Go also ahead. weird, too, that there was no pomp and circumstance. I don't know if it, how it was like across the country, <laughs> but the CBS News led right up to the start of the game, which is so. <laughs> like off-putting because usually you have like a pregame show or something and it's like oh whoever the cbs news anchors were and you're like oh now we're going to a football game <laughs> okay not used to that i'm okay with that by the way and i know this isn't in the rundown <laughs> and i'm sure we're going to get a talking to but whatever uh i i love the fact one of the things i love about sports like in other countries is that when they say the game starts at seven o'clock like the game starts at seven o'clock there's no like pregame show and you know human interest stories it's like hey if kickoff's at seven we're kicking it off at seven be here or not uh so i'm totally down with more things like this in in our sporting life that's that would be great okay uh inspired by ongoing conversations with players the nfl nfl players association and players coalition together launched nfl votes to empower and improve our communities through exercising the right to vote join the nfl family by registering to vote today and make your voice heard this november visit nfl.com votes to learn more Open up the Twitter mailbag to take some of your questions here for our Wednesday show and uh, dive in. I know people have a lot of questions. So I, I hit some of the ones I felt like were kind of general interest uh, that would maybe help a, a wide range of people. The first one coming from Mark Anthony, who says, I lost Dak. Should I stream quarterbacks or trade for one? How would you handle it at this point, Rank? Oh, uh, Mark Anthony, you know, RIP to your friend Eddie Van Halen, um, did want to take an opportunity to uh, to say that I would go with you know what I would go with uh, Andy Dalton I believe is the the right answer here and I, I think that the situation lends itself to if you're if you're picking up somebody like Ryan Fitzpatrick that seems like a one a one week situation a two week situation Andy Dalton we figure is going to be the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. So that's kind of where I would go because you know each and every week you're going you're gonna to play them, and the Cowboys have been attempting a lot of passes. I'm with you. I feel like you know, Andy Dalton kind of became an easy punchline for, for people during the end of his time in Cincinnati, but he had some really good years, especially fantasy-wise. Uh, you know, he has proven to be a capable quarterback. They, the, the Cowboys actually were smart to go out and invest in a backup quarterback. Nobody obviously expected Dak Prescott to have a, a horrific injury the way he did, but you never know. I mean, the way this league is, your backup is going to get on the field. So now they've got a guy who is competent. They've got good wide receivers. They want to throw the football. So I think if you can go out and add Andy Dalton to your roster, he's a guy that more often than not, I, I think you can play. And I think you can be sort of confident with. So uh, next question from Yarno. Uh, I always love getting questions. We, we are big in Scandinavia. Uh, you know, yeah. I, and I love that. Uh, so you know, is Mike Davis, with all that shown skill level, really worthless in fantasy terms after week six? I mean, I think it's a fair question, right? I mean, he's been so good. We know Christian McCaffrey's coming back at some point. But does Mike Davis just completely go back on the shelf with as well as he's played? My conjecture is that he's earned himself enough of a role especially for anybody 
who has, you know, drafted Christian McCaffrey first overall, you need to be concerned about this because I don't know that Christian McCaffrey comes back and is the superstar that we've all known him to be over the last number of years. And I really do believe that while Mike Davis might not get the 22 touches, he's done enough to earn himself a role. And I think where it might end up hurting people is players like Robbie Anderson, maybe not getting enough opportunity, and which is weird because I know he's getting more targets, but DJ Moore is getting more of the downfield targets. So that could lead to like more play action and things like that, which could actually open it up for him a little bit more. But I do believe that Mike Davis should eventually get more carries in this offense when CMC gets back. I think so, too. And I think when you're talking about a high ankle sprain and and how those things tend to linger, you wonder whether or not Carolina is going to ask him to have the same level of, of workload that he has in the past. I mean, this is a guy that they've invested heavily in, speaking of McCaffrey, and I think they want to try to protect their investment as much as possible. So maybe we do start to see more Mike Davis. Now, the the fear for me would be that we don't see enough Mike Davis to make him fantasy relevant, but we see enough of him that he starts to chip away at what McCaffrey does. It makes it a really frustrating situation, like we've seen with countless other running back situations around the league. But uh, I, I'm sort of with you. I don't. I don't think he just completely disappears because he's played so well. I mean, why wouldn't you want to get a guy like that on the field uh, and let him continue to work? It just makes sense. Uh, all right, next uh, next Twitter question comes from Jakey, who has an Arizona issue. He says, "I have Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds with Josh Jacobs on a buy. Do I start them both, or do I find someone on waivers? Uh, what say you, Jakey? I really do believe that you can start both of these running backs." This week, the matchup against the Dallas Cowboys is one of the best. And probably the closest example that I could think of was a couple of weeks ago when they played the Cleveland Browns, where if you were starting Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, where both of those players were going to factor into the mix. I think the Browns rushed for 300 yards in that game or something crazy. So I definitely would do that. You know, I think it's time uh, to be able to see both of these players go out. They did it last week. You know, they did, both of them were able to go out there and get you double-digit points. So I would feel pretty comfortable with this. And who are you picking up off the waiver wire this week who's going to come in off the street and put up, a good, put up a good number for you? So I would just play the matchup, hope that both of these guys can punch it into the end zone and uh, roll with it. That, this is what the bye weeks do to you. You have to play some unique situations like this. I think your last point is the the most salient one for me is that like I, I just think the waiver wire at running backs going to be really thin this week because you mentioned Josh Jacobs is on a bye. The Seahawks are off, which means Chris Carson is on a bye. Uh, the Chargers are off. So the combination of Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson are on a bye. And then the Saints are off. So Alvin Kamara is not available. So everybody is sort of in need of running backs, which means the waiver wire is going to be really thin at that position. So if you've got a couple of guys that you know are going to be on the field, and are going to play, and on top of it, they have a great matchup. Uh, I normally I would say that you wouldn't want this situation, but I think this is one of those you know special circumstances where uh, I think it sort of makes sense to play both those guys because I just I just don't see any better options being available for you. Which takes us to our final question from uh, Abby Ab- Abby. I'm sorry uh, for butchering your name, but uh, he asking who has the higher floor this week, Chase Edmonds or Miles Gaskin? Uh, who are you leaning toward? Wow. You know what? Actually, I'm glad you brought this up because I have the same I have the same issue in my fantasy league in uh, my second city league with my friends from Chicago. 
I well, thankfully, thankfully, Josh Jacobs is on a bye, <laughs> so I'm actually going to have to start both of them. But I kind of, I don't know, Gaskin, again, played so well against San Francisco. And I know that's a different team without Nick Bosa, and they've had some other injuries on the defense. But I think I kind of saw enough out of Miles to really trust him this week. And I, and then listen, I, I, I put this out into the universe, and I know I'll be talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick more, <laughs> that it would just be so on brand for Ryan Fitzmagic and everything to go out there, <laughs> blow up the 49ers on the road, and then come home in a revenge game against the Jets and do absolutely nothing. But, you know, we're, when we're sitting there thinking about whether it's Kenyon Drake or Chase Edmonds, it really does feel like Miles Gaskin is the guy that they trust in Miami. Brian Flores evidently really loves him. Chan Gailey the same way. So I'm going to get him into the lineup for sure. Yeah, I think he's got the higher floor because, as you mentioned, he's kind of the guy there. And Matt Breida's getting some touches occasionally. Jordan Howard maybe gets one or two. Although I think Jordan Howard's actually a healthy scratch last week. So he may be completely out of the rotation in Miami. Uh, I like Edmonds, but he is still, for now, technically the number two running back behind Kenyon Drake. So I do think Gaskin has the the higher floor. He's got a, a positive matchup with the Jets this week. So if I had to pick between the two of them, Gaskin is probably the guy I'm, I'm going to take. I mean, hey, look, who, who would have thought, Adam Rank, that we're you know five weeks, six weeks into the season and we'd be talking about Miles Gaskin after we had the Howard v. Breida argument all offseason, that, that it was actually option C. I never would have saw this coming. Yeah, here come the zero RB people. I told you. You drafted CMC. Look at you now. Like, yeah, well, you would have drafted Michael Thomas, so shut up. <laughs> exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, hoist upon your own petard. Yeah, you know, you got to hate yeah. when that happens. Uh, you know, one person's fight is never just one person's fight. It takes all of us to fight cancer. Join the NFL and American Cancer Society in the fight today by talking to your doctor or reminding a loved one about getting screened. Visit NFL.com slash Crucial Catch to learn more. It's time for Secure Starts presented by Visa for peace of mind online. Visa's got you covered. As always, Adam Rank's got his starts and sits. If you want to read the full list, you can check them out at NFL.com slash start sit. But uh, we'll start at the quarterback position because that's usually where we start. Uh, you are believing continually in the emancipation of Deshaun Watson from that Bill O'Brien offense, huh? Yeah, he certainly had his best week of the season in the wake of Bob, uh, Bill O'Brien's, I was just going to say Bob, and in, in, in the wake of his firing. And so I expect that trend to continue this week. He's got a pretty good matchup, good enough against Tennessee. I think over his history, he's performed pretty well against them. If he doesn't do it passing, he certainly does it running against them. So I think this is a pretty safe start. He's had at least two touchdown passes in three consecutive games. And going back, he's again, he's averaged close to 23 fantasy points per game in his last three against Tennessee, whether it's running or passing. And another quarterback that I like is somebody I mentioned a moment ago is Ryan Fitzpatrick, revenge game against the Jets. And I know that him going out there after a great game in San Francisco and blowing up would be on brand for Ryan Fitzpatrick as his Hawaiian shirts and his beard. But I do love the fact that he's had at least 21 fantasy points in four consecutive games. The Jets have allowed the have allowed, excuse me, 275 passing yards per game to quarterbacks this season. They're allowing quarterbacks to score over 30 fantasy points per game. So Ryan Fitzpatrick seems safe enough. You're never truly safe with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I feel really secure this week. He's your QB seven and he's actually fifth among quarterbacks in rushing yards. So, uh, you know, 
I don't think he's going to be the Dolphins rushing leader again this year, but you know, he's, he's getting it done with his <laughs> legs. Uh, speaking of guys who get it done with their legs, who are your running back starts for the week? Well, I'm going to go with David Montgomery in this matchup against Carolina. They've allowed the most fantasy points to running backs this season, or at least they did uh, coming into week six. I know the Titans game might have mixed things up before I did my research and everything. So I might be working off of old numbers, but Carolina has been very generous to opposing running backs. I think it's safe to say. And I also like that he's getting targeted a lot. He's had at least six targets in back-to-back games. And if you notice, it's not necessarily always dump offs, dump offs. There are some designed plays for him. And as a matter of fact, the play, the reception that helped set up the winning field goal was a designed play down the field for him. So I love to see him involved in the passing game, which is why the Bears don't need Le'Veon Bell. Also like Kareem Hunt this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers that, yes, when you look at the Steelers, this is a tough team against opposing running backs. But what we said last week with Miles Sanders is that they've always allowed one running back to get over 12 fantasy points per game. And obviously, Miles Sanders did that. This week, it's going to be Kareem Hunt. I know it will sometimes be difficult because that Steelers defense is good. But by the end of the day, Kareem Hunt will have double-digit points for you. So if you have any concerns, don't. He's a secure start. Over at the wide receiver position, uh, I know we don't talk a lot about the Jets, but uh, we talked about them a lot earlier in the show, but I guess if there's one jet that there's left to start, you are starting him at wide receiver, huh? Yeah, I feel like we've been so harsh on the Jets that we should at least accentuate one positive, which has been Jamison Crowder, who is the wide receiver two on the season. Like, he has been incredible. He's had at least 10 targets, seven receptions, and 100 yards in all three games that he's played this season. The Dolphins have allowed the eighth most receiving yards per game to wide receivers, and again, he's their most targeted guy. And really what we're looking at is how great is he going to be once he gets post-Adam Gase, because that could actually be pretty fantastic. And you know what? I like Michael Gallup this week. I think he's a secure start. And allow me to say both of these Cowboys receivers, him and CeeDee Lamb, will be very good options for you. The Arizona Cardinals have allowed four receiving touchdowns to the slot this season. That probably impacts CeeDee Lamb more in this case because he run. I think he's run the second most routes from the slot in the entire NFL. But Michael Gallup also was the guy that Andy Dalton was going to when the game was on the line. And we saw Amari Cooper's snaps decrease dramatically last week. Again, we don't want to make too much of it until it becomes a full-blown trend. But I really do like Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb this week. It's a reminder, though, that this is a long season. I feel like two or three weeks ago, we were starting to freak out and thinking that it was all over for Michael Gallup. Now, all of a sudden, he's uh, back in our good graces, and he's a secure start this week. Uh, Tight end, how much does it pain you to have to uh, pump up a Packer here at the tight end spot? It is painful. And Robert Tanyan, obviously, three touchdowns in an island game in a primetime contest, and everybody will feel like it's chasing the points to go out there and pick him up, but he's the tight end four right now. And I know a lot of that is buoyed by the fact that he did have one blow up game, but he's had five receiving touchdowns since week two. That's tied for the most in the NFL with Mike Evans. And he has had a touchdown in three consecutive games. There is a chance that Devontae Adams returns and we never hear from Robert Tanyan again, but until I see that and the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have allowed one receiving touchdown to a tight end in back-to-back games, 
I'm going to roll with him once again. I'm not, I'm not like trading Travis Kelsey because I'm like, I got a tight end. But I think that, you know, if you need a secure start, a tight end, I think he's going to be one of them. And I also really like Noah Fant. He's the tight end seven this season, despite the deficiencies at the quarterback position for the Denver Broncos. They've really had a tough time with it. But Noah Fant has continued to persevere. With He scored at least eight fantasy points in every game this season. And I know that doesn't seem like a lot. But, you know, if you've been streaming Mo Ali cox or Logan Thomas, then – Eight points is a pretty significant total for you. Like, I will take that for sure. And the uh, New England Patriots have allowed 10 fantasy points to tight ends in back-to-back games. So, secure. I'm in. Let's do it. So, earlier in the show, I talked about uh, Joe Flacco getting the start for the Jets and saying, you know, maybe you want to start the Dolphins. I don't know. Uh, I guess you want to start the Dolphins, huh? I don't know. I would I would start the Dolphins for the turnover <laughs> potential. Last week, we saw the Dolphins really get after the quarterback as well. I know the 49ers are struggling on the offensive line, but that's been kind of a problem for the Jets, too. So I think I'm pretty comfortable streaming the Dolphins this week. They should be available to you on the waiver wire. Now, the schedule did get switched up because the Dolphins were scheduled to play the Broncos. So that means that people who are always thinking ahead and trying to get ahead of the curve and be like, who are the Jets playing next week? They probably missed out on this one. So see if the Dolphins are available to you. And we also like the football team, the Washington football team. I know like last week it was crazy when I advocated that people go out and pick up the Dallas Cowboys. They're like, dude, the Cowboys are awful. And then they ended up scoring nine points. I think the Washington FT can do that as well. We've seen Danny Dimes make a lot of mistakes. He still hasn't cleaned up the turnovers. He didn't have an interception last week, but he still lost a fumble. So I think that you're looking at at least one turnover for him. I think that you could look at a situation where the Redskins – so that going old school. <laughs> you, they could, the FT can end up getting four sacks or something like that. So, again, if you're in a situation where you have to stream a defense, the Washington FT might not be a bad option for you, just like the Cowboys were last week. Yeah, I mean, as much as I like Danny Dimes, I thought Daniel Jones was set for a breakout season. The turnovers are still a major problem for him, so might as well play to that and uh, try to take advantage of it where you can. That was Secure Starts, presented by Visa. So, we did the starts. Now we got to turn around and do the sits uh, at quarterback. Uh, Matty Ice is living up to his nickname in a, in a bad way lately. Yeah, there really hasn't been a lot of consistency with him and they obviously they also fired their head coach and people will look at me like well Deshaun Watson they fired his head coach he went out and had his best game of the year but Dirk Cutter still remains as the offensive coordinator and I'm not so sure that that isn't the problem you know I I know that the 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 Falcons have struggled at the coordinator spot ever since Kyle Shanahan left for San Francisco they brought in Sark for a while and they brought in Dirk Cutter like they're like how many how many former Pac-12 guys can we bring in here to really see if we can turn this thing around, and neither one of them got it going. So I'm still – I know that's a good matchup. The Vikings have allowed the six most passing yards per game to quarterbacks this season. They've allowed a quarterback to get more than 20 fantasy points in three games. So Matt Ryan's not the worst streaming option, but until I see some more consistency, I'm just not going to go with it. And Teddy Bridgewater, two consecutive weeks playing really well. We streamed him last week. He was part of now streaming, and that crushed – <laughs> but now he's got the Chicago Bears who have allowed 12 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks this season. That's the second fewest in the NFL. They've allowed four touchdown passes to quarterbacks over the entire NFL, the fewest in the league. And 
They rattled Tom Brady so much, he was out there seeing fifth downs that don't <laughs> exist. So Teddy Bridgewater, unfortunately, we're not starting you. I do like Mike Davis in that game because the one place that you can attack the Bears is running the football. Eddie Goldman, of course, opted out before the season started. They really haven't been able to figure that out, although the defense is still playing pretty well that we're splitting hairs. They're 4-1. and one. Like, what do you want from me? But I would go with Mike Davis. I wouldn't go with Teddy Bridgewater. Only Charles Johnson and the Colorado Buffaloes get fifth downs. That's like early 90s humor that maybe like seven That's people right. are going to get. That's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's only a handful of people that are going to get that joke. They won a national championship with that, right? Yes, they did. Yes, they absolutely did. Oh, my God. So that joke was worth it to me, uh, even if nobody else really finds it funny. That's fine. Uh, running backs, The I'm done with the Ravens. I'm out. Uh, and I feel like I feel like you telling Mark, people to sit Mark Ingram is just a public service announcement. Yeah, you know what? It, it it really is because you look at the Ravens and nobody runs the ball better than them. They're very prolific. It's like if you were – but not being able to trust a running back is like if you were a donut shop, but people only knew you for your coffee. Like that would be weird. Like that would <laughs> never happen, right? Like that is something that would never exist. So I'm not starting him. He's getting out-snapped by Gus Edwards. None of these guys have rushed for over 57 yards, I believe it is, in a game, and nobody's getting more than 11 carries. It's an awful situation. It is the very definition of a, of a running back by, uh, by committee. And speaking of that game, the Bengals RB1, he, everybody took such huge victory laps when he had his 40-point performance, that they're like, look, he's back, baby. We told you. And then, yeah, then last week wasn't very good. This week is not going to be very good. He's your friend that flakes on you for golf on Friday every week. And then one week he shows up. And you're like, oh, my God, this is great. Like, hey, and then, then you make plans. Like, we're going to do this every week. And you're like, right on, Thursday night. He texts you, see you tomorrow. And then the next morning you're at the tee box. You never <laughs> see him again. That's that guy. And so I'm not starting him. And you know what? I was never a fan of his anyway, so I really don't miss him. So there's, I mean, there's that. I advocated that, that after that huge game, that was the time to try to trade him because trade him. It, he, was gonna, he was going to fade back. It just it felt inevitable that he was going to go back to what he was doing early in the year. Uh, wide receiver spot. Uh, DJ Moore has been sort of frustrating at this point. Uh, are, we, are, are we giving up on him fully? Or is it just uh, kind of a stay away this week? It's – it's going to be inconsistent. And I know a lot of people, we talk about advocating trading for players after they have a breakout game. And with the Bengals RB1, that happens because everybody just wants to believe that he'll be good and he never is. But with DJ Moore, nobody's falling for that. Like you can't deal DJ Moore. Even the rubes in your fantasy league know better than to try to do it. And what we really just have to understand is that he's going to be a volatile player this year. There's going to be opportunities to start him last week against the Falcons. It made a lot of sense. This week against the Bears, it does not make a lot of sense for the same reasons that we're not starting Teddy Bridgewater, that the strength of this Bears defense is in the pass or defending against the pass. Jalen Johnson, the second-round pick out of Utah, is fantastic. Him and Kyle Fuller might end up being the best cornerback tandem in the league, so we're going to keep DJ Moore on the bench, and we're also going to keep A.J. Green on the bench. I don't even know how the Bengals – like, it wouldn't surprise me if he was an inactive this week. I don't know how you can go in – to that receiver room, look at that tape and be like, bro, you're not you're not playing anymore. Like, notice, I like A.J. Green. I think A.J. Green, cool guy. He's always been cool to me. We played Call of Duty one time, and it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and the thing is, 
But if you're a coach, you're like, yeah, we can't have you out on the field. And that's disappointing. And maybe he and Le'Veon Bell can go to New England and do whatever, but he can't play for your fantasy team or the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I do think that his time in Cincinnati is pretty much done. That that play that you mentioned probably sealed it. So he had a great long run, um, but I think it's I think it's over for AJ in Cincinnati. Uh, tight ends, who are we staying away from this week? Dalton Schultz was a little bit of a disappointment last week. And again, with so many mouths to feed with the Dallas Cowboys, it's going to be hard to really trust him. Plus, we don't know yet. We saw like Andy Dalton was very diplomatic. Three, three targets for Gallup. The important ones went to Gallup. Three to Amari Cooper, three to CeeDee Lamb. It's to the point now. I know we, we love Blake Jarwin coming into the year. We thought perhaps Dalton Schultz could pick that up. And maybe, and you would think that like Dalton Schultz. And Andy Dalton would get along because they have a cool little icebreaker. Like, hey, Dalton, Dalton. I don't know. Maybe actually, maybe it's the kind of thing that upset Andy Dalton. I don't really know the man. So maybe he's upset that there's another Dalton there trying to steal his his thunder. And he never is going to throw to him. I don't know. I can't trust him. Also can't trust Darren Fells. You know why? He went to Fullerton High School. <laughs> so it only makes sense that he went to Cal State Fullerton, right? Oh no. You'd be you'd be mistaken. Because he went to UCI for whatever reason, I'll never know. And if he would have been a part of that 2008 Cal State Fullerton team, he would have been the big-bodied presence. We would have beat Wisconsin. I don't know who Wisconsin played in the second round. We would have gone all the way to the Sweet 16. We had we had, uh, we had Bobby Brown, Frank Robinson, Scott Cutley. That was one of the best Cal State Fullerton teams I had seen since I was a freshman. And we had Bruce Bowen and Cedric Sabalos on a team. That that was a, that was my college team when I was a freshman. But anyways, I digress. I just in I'm any just, event, I'm not. I don't know. I, I I know I didn't give any reasons to not start. <laughs> Darren Fells, he's not consistent enough. He's a touchdown dependent guy. He's just not consistent enough. Sorry I'm about just, that. I'm just I'm just thinking that he wanted to get away from home, so he made the 19 mile trek from Fullerton to Irvine. He went to Irvine. <laughs> If he would have went to Fordham, like, yeah, that makes sense. He wanted to get out of town. Like, I get it. But no, Irvine. Was Concordia? Were they not taking him? I mean, you know, sometimes, to to sometimes, sometimes that drive can take 45 minutes. It can be kind of killer when there's traffic. It could you take two hours. It's, it's taken me two hours to get to Irvine from Fullerton. By the way, he could have gone to Chapman and played football because he didn't play. Like, they don't have a football team at UCI. I know a lot of people might not know that. He is. He does. He's the one who doesn't get enough love for like hey did you know this guy played college basketball because that's all he could do they didn't even have a football team he didn't even play water polo which Irvine's really good Irvine's actually really good at water polo yeah Uh, really good no one cares about this conversation but us but that's fine uh (laughs) defenses there's gonna be four people no we'll get more tweets about that like rank knows his big west sports (laughs) but I digress hey man aren't they I think I think they're in the mountain pacific sports federation for water polo if I'm not mistaken Ah, that's right uh defenses where are we staying away from this week well, I'm going to stay away from the my friends down in Duval County, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're just not creating enough. You know, they, they've been very inconsistent. They're not getting double-digit points. I need them to create more turnovers. I need them to create more sacks. And we're just not seeing enough of that. And another team that we're not going to be starting this week is the Bills. Just because what we saw, I mean, partly because of what we saw against the Tennessee Titans. But they're not, they're also like giving up a ton of points like they can't hold like they almost blew that huge lead against the Rams and then we saw what happened to them with the Titans so I think there's going to be any time now that they're on the field we're actually targeting 
their players. So the Bills are a defense that you thought coming into the year, like maybe, like maybe this will be a good sneaky little team, but I don't think that we can use them. Yeah, I think it takes some people a while. I think that that muscle memory is, is slow to change, but I do think the Bills are, are a defense that maybe aren't as fearsome as we saw uh, in years past. So maybe we can uh, we can start to go after them a little bit. For more of the Starts and Sits, check them out at NFL.com slash Start Sit. You can get all of Rank's picks for week six. Hopefully you've been watching Fantasy Bites. It's the new show that stars Adam Rank, Kimmy Checks, and Michael F. Florio. It streams every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. You know where to find it at NFL.com. Uh, in the NFL Fantasy app and on YouTube at youtube.com slash NFL Fantasy Football. I'm putting you on the spot here because I don't know if you've built the show yet. Uh, any idea of what you guys will be talking about? Especially because there's no TNF game to preview. Anything? Any idea of what's going to be on Fantasy Bites this week? Yeah, that's the big thing as we go. We like to deep dive into that Thursday night game, lead you right up to it. So we'll probably be talking about, hopefully at this point, we'll have some more clarity about Le'Veon Bell and if he's getting any offers from any team. He might actually take the Devonta Freeman way and just wait and see if there's another injury down the road or anything. He doesn't have to hustle back and play necessarily this week. But we'll also dig into some other of those matchups. I'll probably expand more on the quarterback situation because Russell Wilson is on a bye week. And a lot of the guys that you would like to lean on, like Justin Herbert or something like also on a bye week. So we'll probably try to find you some quarterbacks that you can stream this week. Always good because the bye weeks for real, for real are beginning. I know we've had teams on bye, but that wasn't planned. These are the ones that, for the most part, have been on the schedule. Uh, so speaking of which, people are going to the waiver wire. They're trying to add some guys to fill out their roster. So it's time for some wire tabs here. Uh, some guys that you might have picked up this week and whether or not you should play them. Let's start with Chase Claypool. Had the big four-touchdown game last week for the Steelers. He's got the Browns this week. So if you added Chase Claypool, are you starting him? I would think so. I mean, he was still fourth on the team in routes run, and, you know, it's dynamic. We we thought a lot of him, and I was on the check down being like, Chase Claypool, watch. But a lot of this stems from the fact that, number one, Deontay Johnson was hurt in the first quarter. Uh, he's doing a lot of this run-after-catch stuff. We don't know who's going to be targeted when they get near the, the goal. I mean, here's a nice red zone target right here. There's a lot of factors to where it will feel like you're, pun intended, chasing the points. Oh. I just would really just look at your situation. I currently have him as my wide receiver 25, which is a low-end wide receiver two coming into the week. Just listen, if you have Adam Thielen and Tyree Kill, like I'm not starting him <laughs> over either one of those guys. But if you have Josh Reynolds, then like, yeah, then you should feel safe getting him into your lineup. For me, I think it's a simple Josh Reynolds way. was a that was a that was a weak one. That was but I took the easy way out on that. Eh, I get what you're saying. I, I for me, I think it's as simple as if Deontay Johnson is playing, I'm probably less likely to start Chase Claypool. If Johnson isn't playing, then I feel a lot better about it against the Browns secondary. Uh, but yes, he's not he's not gonna vault up and suddenly, you know, be a, a starter over your general wide receiver one or two. He's probably a flex play at best for me. He's just not getting consistent red zone targets. And so that that makes the touchdown scoring feel unsustainable. Um, we talked about Andy Dalton. Uh, would you start him against the Cardinals this week if you have if you picked him up? I would. I would. I, I do believe that Ryan Fitzpatrick and maybe even Gardner Minshew would be better starts for you if you are looking for a streaming option. But I do believe, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the show, the best player to pick up if you're without Dak Prescott now is Andy Dalton. Not that it's going to be a one-to-one a transfusion of points 
But opportunity, you know he's the starter. He's not going to be taken out of the game. He's not going to be removed. There's nobody behind him. It's not like, like, like as fun as it is to think about Fitzmagic, who's the QB7, as you mentioned a moment ago. There's still Tua Tungavailoa at some point who could come in and be the starter. So I think it, this is a safe play. And if you pick them up, obviously play them this week. I think he's the guy out there on the waiver wire that has the most long-term value. So if you picked him up, yes. if you lost Dak, I think you are playing him because everybody else is more of a streaming option. If it's Kirk Cousins, if it's really anybody else, they are more of a week-to-week prospect. I feel like the offense is set up for Dalton to have some more long-term success. So if you got him, uh, I think you're playing him this week against Arizona. Last one, flip side in that game, Chase Edmonds against the Cowboys. I mean, this, to me, we, we sort of answered it earlier. This feels like a no-brainer. If you got Chase Edmonds, you're starting him this week, right? Yeah, I believe it was it our guy, Jakey, who, yeah. was, who was wondering about this. But I, I really do believe that Chase Edmonds has now earned a spot onto your roster. It's getting closer and closer to being a 50-50 split with him and Kenyon Drake. And you know what? As somebody who is a huge believer in Drake coming into the season, going back and watching that game, Edmonds is just the better running back. I mean, it's if you were basing this off of who is the better player who should be on the field, right now it would be Chase Edmonds. If it's the, hey, we traded for this guy, he had some success for us last year, maybe we'll give him another chance. Because honestly, like if this was you just wanted to win football games, they should just go with Chase Edmonds as much as possible and then leave Kenyon Drake as a change of pace guy. But we'll see how Cliff Kingsbury deals with that moving forward. I I would start Chase Edmonds in fantasy and and I did go back and watch them against the Jets and Drake just looked he looked hesitant, he looked indecisive. Uh Edmonds was the opposite of that and so I I feel like that alone is worthy of him getting some more touches. So hopefully Cliff Kingsbury uh you know feels that way as well. By the way, I rarely click on trending topics on Twitter, but I just happened to see one that said Cliff Kingsbury was trending and I clicked on it. And the reason he was trending is because he made the announcement that Chandler Jones is having season-ending surgery. And I'm like, why isn't Chandler Jones trending? Like, the story is actually about him. <laughs> How is it that Cliff Kingsbury is trending? That has nothing to do with fantasy. That's, it just was on my mind. That's rude. It is rude. Like, if Chandler, like Chandler Jones, like, and when you're talking about, you know, we don't normally cover a lot of defensive players on this show. But that's a great football player. Mm-hmm. And when you're thinking about, I mean, you were going to start your Dallas Cowboys anyway. But moving forward, like this this Cardinals defense, not that they were like, they, they weren't the Ravens where you're like, I'm not playing anybody against <laughs> these guys. That's going to hurt them in the long term. It is going to be something I think to think about, though, when you're talking about starting your, your players against that, that that our Arizona Cardinals defense. So, uh, anyway, best wishes to Chandler Jones through his surgery, and hopefully he's able to come back and, and be Chandler Jones-like uh, when he's back on the field next season. In the meantime, for us, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by DraftKings. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, some people talk, love to talk about nothing because it's the only subject they know anything about. Be safe, wear a mask, take care of yourselves. And we will see you on Friday.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.